Welcome to this episode of Horrific History and Hauntings. I'm Beth. And I'm Ramey. We're your hosts, here to talk about the stories that the history books ignore. From horrific epidemics and ghostly hauntings to the catastrophes and tragic events that have sickened humanity. What are we covering today? We are covering amusement parks, the hauntings and tragedies of amusement parks. I'd imagine there are plenty. Yes, there are. And before we get started with going into the amusement parks, I would like to say that I will be covering some of Action Park and most of the information that I got for Action Park park i got from an hbo documentary called class action park they have former employees and visitors that talk about the rides and their experiences it is a funny documentary while being informative it has more detail that i go into and i recommend watching it our first park is going to be lake shawnee cool in west virginia mercer county in the 1700s a native american tribe called the shawnees where it got its name used the land and then in 1775, Mitchell Clay bought the 800 to 1,200 acres of land. He moved his wife, Phoebe, there, and they had 14 kids and turned the land into farmland. Well, good for him. Mm-hmm. Did that go well? No. Shawnee tribe wasn't happy about them living there. They wanted their land back. Oh, who could blame them? Yes. They battled for, to get the land back. And even though they didn't live on the land, they used it as a burial ground. That's even more reason to fight for it, I'd say. Yes. August 1783, 11 members of the Shawnee tribe attacked three of Mitchell Clay's children. One son, Bartley, was shot and killed. One of his daughters, Tabitha, was stabbed multiple times and killed when she ran to help her brother after hearing the commotion. And another son, Ezekiel, was captured and burned at the stake. I didn't even know they'd done those things. Mm. This was before there was a park there. Yeah, I would say so. (laughs) The tribe later gave the remains of Ezekiel back to Mitchell. Ezekiel was 16 years old at the time, and they buried the kids on the property. Clearly, he was upset about his children, so he went and he attacked the tribe, and from what I understand, killed a few of them. But like I said, they ended up giving the remains of Ezekiel back to him. Was it before or after he attacked again? After. That's even nicer of them, Mike. Yeah. They didn't have to do that, I'm sure. Yeah. In 1927, I believe it's pronounced Conley Snedo, bought the land. He had swings built and a pond turned into a pool with, from what I read, had diving boards and a water slide. There was a dance hall, a speakeasy, and a Ferris wheel. This is a huge skip in time. Yes. The family just owned it and lived there until then, or did he get defeated? Or I guess they just lived there till then. May 11th, 1934, James Craft Belcher, a 24-year-old great-grandson of Phoebe, was married, but he was having an affair. He found the woman that he was having an affair with having dinner with another man. That did not make him happy. So she had a double affair. I guess so. He had no right to talk. Nope. Glass houses and all that. Yeah. He forced her to come with him, pretty much kidnapped her, and took her right to the edge of Shawnee Park's property, where he shot her. She died later in a hospital. There are six known deaths on Shawnee Park property. An 11-year-old boy drowned in the pond. A 6-year-old boy drowned in the lake. A girl fell off of the swings and died. A gambler was killed over money. A little 10-year-old girl on the swings as well died. A truck backed into her, didn't it? Yes. 
the truck was delivering beverages for the park and was backing up while the swings, I guess, was going. And she hit the back of the truck. Yeah. Due to so many children dying at this park, the owner chose to close it down in 1996. 1980s, Gaylord White, a businessman who used to work at the park, bought the land. He found the original swings that had been removed in New Jersey and bought them and brought them back. He added bumper cars, paddle boats, and a stage for entertainment. I mean, he sounds like he's doing well. Yeah, well, he only charged a dollar for admission fee. He's doing really well for the community then. It did well for about three years, but because of expensive insurance and only charging a dollar for admission, he had to close. Perhaps he could have raised the fee a bit. Yeah. Later on, while clearing the land for mud bogging, they started to find arrowheads, pottery, and other artifacts. And anthropologists started digging more and found kids' graves. Oh, no. It's thought to be about 3,000 graves on the property. And they believed that a tribe had some kind of illness like a flu that may have wiped them out in the 1700s. And it's believed that they left all the ill kids and elders behind. Oh, that's harsh. Yeah, it is. It's just a massive grave swamp. In the mid-1990s, Gaylor and his family lived in the house on the property. They now offer haunting or spooky tours during the month of October. I've always wanted to go here. Yes. It's like an hour drive from the house. Yeah. Nature has taken over the park rides, and the swings are starting to decay. It looks a little bit like the Chernobyl Ferris wheel you always see. Yes. Some supernatural events at Shawnee Park. People say they are drawn to one particular swing. It's believed to be the one the little girl died when she hit the truck. Did she hit the truck or did the truck hit her? I believe the swing was going, and as the truck was backing up, she hit the truck. She just, oh no, like slingshotted her right into it. Yeah. People say they get bad vibes or bad feelings here. You know... If you know about all these deaths, yeah. then that's likely to happen. Gaylor Sr. drove a tractor to mow the property. He would see a little girl in the corner of his eye sometimes. And one time she popped up behind him sitting on the tractor. So he jumped off and said, if you like the tractor that much, you can have it. I wouldn't fight her for it. No. Even no. though she's a little girl, I feel like she's going to win if you do. I've watched all these horror movies. <laughs> The tractor is still sitting where he left it that day. He let her keep it. She must have a ball with it. Yeah. Some known experiences are laughing and giggling children, Native American chanting. When swimming, even though it's not recommended, you swim in the lake. But when swimming there, some people say they feel like they're being dragged down by something or someone. I wouldn't recommend swimming in the lake. No. They say they can smell concession food. See shadow figures, one especially on the Ferris wheel as if it's still riding. I can't imagine what would be more tormenting, the little girls haunting you or the smell of concession food without concession food. Little girl. I'm going with the little girl. Because sometimes she pops up. She pops up it bloody. So I feel like that would be spooky. I don't know. When you get the smell of hot dogs and funnel cake. Especially after you've rode those rides. Or swam in that foul lake. Yeah. What is it about swimming that makes you hungry? Somebody will tell us, I'm sure. I don't know. But you are, you're, that's one of the most times you're ready to dive into some food. Yep. They say they can hear carnival rides and carnival music, voices and conversations. One investigator got locked in a ticket booth that didn't even have a lock. It does say staff only, I bet. 
It's also said that the water sometimes makes people feel sick just by being near it. Ah, I thought you were about to say drinking it. No, you shouldn't drink it. If if you feel sick just by being near it, you definitely shouldn't drink it. No. I mean, we have already established this as a massive graveyard. Mm -hmm. So... Don't drink the water. Don't drink the water. Even if it's not a massive graveyard, don't drink the water unless you know it's safe. The swings tend to move when there's no wind to move them. And one of the swing seats will feel especially cold all around it and will move more than the others. Is it the same one that wants you to get near it? I guess so. And when people fill the middle of the seat, that part will be warm where they believe that's the little girl on it. I wouldn't want to haunt a place that I had been crushed by a vehicle. Or I don't think they get to choose in these situations. No. I don't know. Imagine being the person stuck in the ticket booth. People will see a little girl in a pink dress covered in blood as well, as I mentioned before. Gaylor Sr. died while living on the property in his early 50s of a heart attack. Before this, he suffered 26 heart attacks while on the property. How did he even make it through three? He, strong man, I guess. Psychics say they feel sinister spirits on the property, which could have been the reason for his health problems. Imagine the financial loss of just setting a tractor and walking away forever. Yeah. <laughs> That's enough reason right there yeah. to cause stress. I guess so. In 2014, I don't know if it's still going on. I want to say it still is, but they started doing a dark carnival tour and people said they were touched, shoved, and that they heard things such as whispering in their ears. When I found out about this place a year ago, I looked it up and I believe they were still offering these tours. Well, that's good. They also had a security video of the Ferris wheel in the middle of the night. One of the locks on the carts opened by itself, and Gaylor's wife said she believed it was him, that he was always concerned about the Ferris wheel's safety. That's sweet. Yeah. I want to say her name was Jewel. She's also seen a Native American warrior spirit in her home. Is it intrusive? A bit, yeah. She, I want to say that she believed it didn't seem to want to cause any harm. That's good. Yeah. Still creepy. Yeah. Her grandson says he feels as if someone is following him and he'll hear footsteps as he's walking to help his father work. But when he stops, the footsteps, a couple of footsteps can still be heard after. I wouldn't feel comfortable. All these weird things happening, I just I just wouldn't feel comfortable. Unless it was a really nice place. Yeah, well, from what I understand, most of them don't seem to be causing any harm. Just sounds and locking things. I'm guessing that investigator probably didn't think so, though, when she, well, I think it was, well, when they got locked in the booth. Yeah. We're going on to Cedar Point Park. It opened in 1870. It's located in Sandusky, Ohio. Cool name. Yeah. One of the oldest operating amusement parks in the United States. It's still kicking? As far as I know, yeah. Cool. I believe so. I looked it up and it looks like it is. It's, I want to say, about 450 acres now. The Frontier Town Carousel, there's believed to be a spirit of a woman who could sometimes be seen riding one of the horses on the carousel before it was removed. They took her horse? They took the carousel. They removed the horse, and I want to say it's still on Cedar Park as not on a ride, but... Just a figure. Just a A figure. A statue. Yeah. It's thought to be the wife of a man who carved the horse. And the legend is he found out she was cheating on him with a jockey from a nearby horse track, shot and killed her and the jockey, 
And some say he hid her remains inside the horse, but I don't oh, know. Wow. I feel like they would know if they did. Yeah. It would certainly smell bad. <laughs> It'd rattle a bit. Can you imagine riding on a carousel horse and it's just bouncing up there going. Sounds like a maraca. Some report having a horse bite mark on their legs when they exit the ride. I'm guessing that's the jockey. I don't know why a horse bite would show up on some on somebody. Employees said while the ride was still in the park, they could hear music coming from it at night, and it would sometimes spin backwards on its own. <laughs> the original carousel was moved to another park in 1995, but the black military horse the spirit w- woman was seen on mm-hmm. around was removed from the ride and is on display at the Frontier Town Museum at Cedar Point. It sounds cool, considering it's a haunted horse. Yeah. I think of Giddy Up Buttercups from Fallout. They're like little mechanical horses in the game um, that happened before the I war. I didn't get that far. Hotel Breakers is considered one of the most haunted locations at the park and the oldest on-site hotel at Cedar Point. It sounds like a band. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Room 169, there was said to be a guest named Mary, and I want to say the early 1900s. She supposedly hung herself in the room's shower, and guests have reported problems with electronics, which I find irritating. I would, too. Strange sounds such as crying. Also irritating. (laughs) Yeah, especially if you're trying to sleep. The shower will turn on and off on its own, and I say to that... No, ma'am. My shower time is my me time. That is my alone time, my relax and self-care time. I'm going to need you to please kindly fuck off until I'm done with my shower. Lest I drag you out by the rope you hung yourself with. (laughs) (laughs) No, don't mess with my shower. The rooms in this section are now used as employee rooms or employee dwellings instead of for guests. Yes, nothing matters about the employees. (laughs) They don't need a shower. There's also a balcony that is said to be haunted by a man who made a suicide pact with his lover. He jumped to his death from the balcony while the woman clung to the ledge and pulled herself back up. (laughs) I mean, quite a pact indeed. Yeah. That would have been a divorce. She didn't hold up her end. No. It wasn't meant to be, honey. Goodbye. (laughs) The female guests report feeling as if something or someone is pulling them towards the balcony, attempting to pull them over the edge. You know that movie 1608? That's what I was thinking about. Yeah, I wonder if this has something to do with that. I don't know. Oh, no. There's also a ballroom, but I couldn't find much about that, except for people claim to see ghostly dancers and hear haunting music. There's also a TGI Fridays. Yeah. It's located in the Hotel Breakers. They say that the pictures on the walls move on their own, faceless apparitions are seen, and this is not only in the restaurant, but other places in the hotel as well. Okay. And then there's Breakwater Cafe, located near Sandcastle Suites, overlooking Lake Erie. And it's said to be haunted by a spirit of a young boy believed to have drowned in Lake Erie nearby. CJ's Provisions is on the Frontier Trail. There's said to be shadow figures walk past the doors before the park opens. The feeling of presence standing near or close by when alone. And there's a legend that says the spirit of a young woman walks up and down the frontier trail looking for her lover. Oh. But nobody knows who she is or really why she's there. I mean, she might just be 
taking a stroll yeah. don't mean she's romantically involved with someone. No. You could ask. <laughs> she might be single. In 2003, an employee of CJ's Provisions said that they would leave a sponge in the sink and when they would walk away, the sponge would be gone. But eventually, sometimes it would reappear. Perhaps someone had some cleaning to do. Maybe. Another employee was like, I'm going to use your sponge. That is such a weird thing for a ghost to take off with. A sponge. Maybe the ghost wanted to do some cleaning. <sighs> then they should be doing their I job better. I wish I had one that would do some cleaning. Yes. There are some tragedies that happened at Cedar Park. One being on the Top Thrill Dragster, which was considered the world's second tallest coaster. A small metal object flew off and struck a 44-year-old woman in the head, which caused brain injury. And since then, it closed on August 15th, 2021. It was operating for 19 years before then. Wasn't even on the roller coaster, I bet, was she? I don't think so. You can't even get near the things without something bad happening. No. Rapture Roller Coaster in 2015, a 45-year-old man named James lost items out of his pockets while riding it. And I want to say one of those items was a cell phone, but I don't know for sure. I know a James, but he's in his 50s and that could probably happen to him. <laughs> That's terrible. He went over the fence where he was not supposed to be to find his belongings instead of asking an employee to help him, which I find, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I also seen that he was a fifth grade teacher, so I feel like he, he should have asked somebody. Yeah. He was struck by the roller coaster, which was built of steel, going at a speed of about 57 miles per hour. I take it he died? Yes, he died. I could see that happening to James. Awful. <laughs> I used to hear stories about him going to the zoo. Mm -hmm. I was just waiting for a lying attack or something. Oh, I have one of those in here somewhere. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there was also a water ride called Shoot the Rapids. It was considered one of the tallest log flume rides. And in July 19, 2013, a chain to lift the boats up snapped, which caused one of the boats to roll back and crash into another boat. That sounds like something that would happen. Yeah, it hadn't reached the lock point yet. So that's why it rolled back. This caused at least seven injuries. I don't believe anyone died on this one, but it caused seven injuries. Imagine being the people all of a sudden hearing the clank and rolling backwards. It must have been terrifying. Yeah. Even if there are no deaths, that's terrifying. We're going on to Kings Island. It is located in Warren County, Ohio, and it opened in 1972. It's about 364 acres, and there... On the property is a cemetery called Dog Street. A real cemetery? Mm-hmm. That it just built it around the island, or the King's Island? They, build, they, they built the amusement park around the island. Around the cemetery. Or, sorry, around the cemetery. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Before the land was used for the amusement park, it was the site of an ammunition factory, which exploded in 1942, killing at least 100 people. They, they picked the weirdest places to put for these things. Parks. Yeah. This is a place for fun. And happiness, and usually for children or young people, let's choose the most traumatic area. Massive plague outbreaks and burial grounds and explosions. In 1975 or 1976, uh, I'm not sure which one of those years. I found both years, so I just decided to put 1975 or 76. In the Lion Country Safari, a ranger, 20-year-old employee, left his vehicle without the tranquilizer gun that the rangers carried. He was attacked and killed by a lion. I bet he wished he hadn't forgot his tranquilizer gun. Probably. This is what all those briefings every few mm -hmm. months are about. 
hmm. safety and tranquilizer guns. June 9th, 1991, three men were electrocuted in a fountain, some sources say a pond. So I don't know if it was a fountain or a pond. Could have been a pond with one of those fountains in the center. Yeah, it might have been that. There was a short in the electrical and light component. One of the men dipped his hand into the water and got electrocuted. His friend went to help him, also got electrocuted. And then a security guard jumped in to help and also got electrocuted. What do they expect to happen? I don't know if they just didn't realize what was going on. I, I don't know. It looks like after the second one, they would have realized, oh, maybe I shouldn't touch this. That was a serious flaw on that. Oh, there's more. Oh. <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> okay. Two of them died, one being the security guard. And the same day, at the same time, a woman on the flight commander was turning to look after hearing this commotion that was going on from these electrocutions. She somehow fell out of her harness and fell to her death. So how'd this place stay open? Is it still open? As far as I know, it's still open. Oh my goodness. I can't really blame it all on them. The three electrocutions, <laughs> yeah. perhaps. But her falling out of her harness, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, the harness is weird. I feel like even if you're looking back, your harness should stay in place. Unless it wasn't fastened But I don't know if I don't know about this ride that she was on, so I don't know how it would work. Some spirits and supernatural stories at King's Island. The tram girl, is what they call her, is the ghost of a little girl in a blue dress. She's seen around the parking lot or admissions area after hours. She's thought to be Jane Galiner, I believe is how you say her last name. I guess. She lived on a section of the property before it was the park. She drowned in 1846 when she was five years old in a lake where Whitewater Canyon is now located on, in the park. She's also believed to be buried in the nearby cemetery. Of course. There's also Racer Boy, a little ghost boy wearing a white suit seen near the racer coaster. He's believed to be attached to one of the racer cars, which originally belonged to the shooting star, a ride on Coney Island. And they found a little boy dead at the one in Coney Island after falling from the rod. Well, that's sad. And they believe that one of the cars got transferred over to this park. I wonder how long he had been fallen. I mean, I don't know. they found him implies they didn't know he was missing for a while. There's also a spirit called Tower Johnny. In 1983, on the Eiffel Tower, he fell down an elevator shaft while exploring restricted areas of the tower. They blame him for electrical problems and unexplained tripped sensors. It certainly isn't the maintenance that would cause another one of these incidents to occur. <laughs> in 2017, a driver had just finished dropping off the last few passengers for the night and was driving to the main parking lot. The tram headlights shone on a little girl wearing a blue dress. She ran out right in front of the tram. The driver slammed on the brakes, but was sure that he was too late and had hit her, even though he didn't hear any screams or feel like he hit anything. He got out to check for damage. He found no damage and the little girl had disappeared. Okay, this section I just put Disney parks because I wasn't sure exactly if it was Disneyland or Disney World for some of them. Some of them I did find out, but some of them I did not. So I just put Disney parks. The first fatality in Disneyland was in May 1964. A 15-year-old boy died while riding the Matterhorn bobsled. It's a cool name. Never heard of it. Never heard of it either. He unbuckled his seatbelt as the ride reached the top of the mountain, 
And when the ride went speeding down the hill, he stood up and lost his balance. I bet he thought that was a foolish idea. Well, for his last few seconds, yeah. He was thrown out of the car and landed on the track below. He had broken ribs, many internal injuries, and a fractured skull. He never regained consciousness and died three days later. In June 1966, a 19-year-old named Thomas Cleveland was killed while trying to sneak into Disneyland. He climbed over the 16-foot fence and onto the monotrail track. A security guard noticed him and Monorail. Didn't I say that? You said monotrail. Monorail track. A security guard noticed him and that a monorail was headed towards him at 25 miles per hour. The guard shouted for him to watch out. Cleveland jumped and landed on a fiberglass canopy beneath the track, but the underside of the monorail car struck Cleveland, dragging his body 40 feet down the track. His body had been torn to pieces by the time it stopped. That's a bad way to go. You shouldn't sneak into Disneyland. There's a Roger Rabbit ride, and in September 22nd, 2000, a four-year-old named Brandon Zucker fell out of one of the taxi cabs. Okay. Yeah. He was run over by another vehicle, which led him to being folded in half. Who gave that description? I could see it in the morning paper. That was the description in most of what I could find about this one. But I like (laughs) that because it gives you more information. Might be gory and gruesome. After 10 minutes, emergency personnel were able to free him. He went into cardiac arrest and suffered many injuries, including irreversible brain damage. He never spoke or walked again. And after struggling for years due to the injuries, he finally died on January 26, 2009. That's awful. Yes. It was determined that Disneyland employees failed to secure his lap bar properly. I mean, it does sound like he got out fairly easily. Mm Mm-hmm. But he is four years old, so I know four-year-olds, they're very slippery. (laughs) I mean. (laughs) Big Thunder Mountain in September 5th, 2003. A car on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad partially derailed. The crash killed a 32-year-old and injured 10 other passengers. Staff, before the ride really began, kept hearing strange sounds coming from the train, but didn't bother to check if it needed maintenance. And it turns out a mechanic didn't tighten a few bolts or attach a safety wire to the wheel assembly. Oh, man. That's going to come back and bite them. The state ordered Disney to retrain the maintenance workers. One month after the rod was reopened, during a test run, two trains crashed. At least it was during a practice run. Yeah, that's, that's a plus. But they were also ordered yet again to retrain the workers. Perhaps they should just get new workers. Maybe. At that rate, they should have. I I hate to say it. Maybe the third time's the charm. At least nobody was harmed. Yeah. Well, first time they were, but that was a test run, so I guess nobody was. Rivers of America. In June 1973, an 18-year-old and his 10-year-old brother decided to hide in the park past closing time on Tom Sawyer's Island. After a few hours of exploring, they tried to leave but couldn't find their way out. They decided to swim across the rivers of America. The 10-year-old did not know how to swim. Oh, no. The older brother decided to carry him on his back while he swam across. Halfway across the river, the older brother drowned. The 10-year-old managed to dog paddle until a ride operator was able to rescue him. The 18-year-old's body was found the next morning. In July 8, 1974, there was a performance. I guess you would call it, yeah. called America Sings. It was 
six theaters or six stages that rotated around. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that each performance had maybe like three minutes to do the show. It was an automated wall rotation. Debbie Stone was hosting the show that day. She was 18 years old. During the show, people heard a scream, but just assumed it was part of the show. A few hours later, Debbie was found crushed between two of the walls. I kind of seen that one coming. Yeah. It's unknown what happened to cause her to be crushed between the walls, but there are some theories. Some say she may have taken a step back. She may have tripped or tried to jump from one stage to the next. If you cannot take a step back without being crushed to death, you shouldn't be there in the first place. Yeah. Or you should find a new way to do this. A harness. But this is, like you said, 74 before a lot of... Safety. Yeah. Earlier that day, another employee refused to work that area because they had a premonition or a bad feeling that they would die there. Well, good thing they had a good instincts, isn't it? Yeah. And the sad part is, while I was doing the research, it said that Debbie had just called her parents and said she was in love and asked them to get married. Oh, no. Yeah. I thought that was his job to do that. I did, too, but I guess she decided to do it herself. I mean, in the 70s. Strong, independent woman. Yeah, true. But it's just the 70s. In uh, 1988, the rod was shut down. How many more people had to be crushed? I don't think anyone else was injured in this one that I know of. But I want to say that they sent this to Disney World in Florida. Oh, so we might have seen this. Maybe. I don't know if it's been there since I don't the remember. 80s. I was so young. I remember the Tower of Terror and the Haunted Mansion mostly and the giant turkey leg. You remember the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean ride? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the Indiana Jones? Uh, yeah, I actually do yeah, remember You remember Indiana. a lot more than you thought. Then we got hot. I got hot and we had to leave. <laughs> I bought the spray bottle with the fan. Yeah. Some girl tried to steal my pamphlets <laughs> while I was in the bathroom. <laughs> oh. You are so worried about your pamphlets. I told my mom to watch them, and when I came back, she was there. Some girl was trying to run off with them. Now I believe that these next ones are mostly in Disney World in Florida, but yeah. I'm sorry if I got them wrong. Like I said, it's been so long I forgot which ones are which. But I believe these are mostly Disney World. Is there two Matterhorns? There could be. That's why I was getting so confused. That's why I just wanted to make this just Disney parks. You could have done that. Okay, well, Matterhorn, 1984, a woman named Dolly fell from the ride. The area she fell from is known as Dolly's Dip. Lights seem to burn out quickly in that area, and people feel a presence. That's kind of creepy. I didn't come across that incident, though. No, me neither. The Tower of Terror. I like that ride. Yes. On this ride, one day, a bellhop for the last platform dropped dead. Really terrifying. Mm Mm-hmm. Now strange things happen, especially on that particular platform. Lights turn on and off, the ride will freeze, and there's reports of seeing a ghost in the entrance of the attraction, which disappears when looked at directly, which that doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. But there's also a YouTube video, and take it with a grain of salt, because it is YouTube. This one person said that they have these videos that show these ghostly apparitions, but it was used as marketing for one of the movies or shows or something that they had going on for later. So I don't know. Hmm. 
And there's also one called Spaceship Earth. There's said to be a little blonde ghost girl that rides on one of the cars. She's sometimes seen with a little boy ghost. Isn't that just cute? Cute, yeah. There was an alligator attack on my birthday in 2016, June 14th. It's actually very sad, this accident. A seven-foot alligator bit a two-year-old Lane Graves' head. He was bent over to get sand for his sandcastle he was building at the edge of a lagoon. And his father tried to pull him out of the alligator's mouth, but failed. The alligator ran back into the water with the boy. And when he was found much later, he was found to have died from drowning and the neck injuries. And another sad part, the last thing his family saw was their son's feet dipping into the water after the alligator swam out with him. That's horrible. That is very traumatic. I want to say they actually went and hunted some of these alligators, which to me is also sad because I love animals, but I understand why they had to do it. And they put up more signs, and I want to say there's also fences to... Yeah, they should have had the fences there in the first place, I I would have said. Yeah. But who am I to talk? Yeah. There's more ghost and supernatural occurrences in Disney parks. Walt Disney himself is said to haunt the fire station. Now, can you consider a man who's on ice to be properly dead? (laughs) (laughs) He had an upstairs apartment there for himself, and he would turn a lamp on in the window to let his employees know he was there. The lamp still turns on by itself sometimes. I'm watching you. (laughs) I got my eyes on you. A cleaning lady claimed she noticed it was on and turned it off. When she went outside, she noticed it was back on again. So she went back inside and turned it off again. Then she went back outside and noticed it was back on. I would have just left it on. I would have, yeah. Okay, you want the light on. I get it. Other cast members report hearing footsteps and noises coming from the upstairs apartment when the park is closed. There's a woman in white as well. I feel like there's always a woman in white, a woman in black, woman in gray. I hear more about women in women white, in white. Woman, yeah. or women in black, and they're nearly as common as the less mysterious orbs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> She's seen around the Main Street area wearing 19th century clothing. She's thought to have died on the property before it was turned into Disneyland. And she also, it's reported that she helps lost kids get to the baby care center so that they can help find their parents she should be out there fighting off alligators <laughs> what oh good point it's florida <laughs> yeah george the welder was a construction worker who worked on the pirates of the caribbean ride oh we were there yeah he fell from high up and died well if you'd have said he fell from two inches he been... <laughs> died makes me think of the crudes movie and they died oh yeah <laughs> the um cast members say Good morning, George, and good night, George. And if they don't say these to him. And they die. They don't die. But they do have problems with the ride having to be shut down or it breaks down. And they get phone calls from an unoccupied control room. Someone needs to disconnect the phone. (laughs) They also feel chills and see a mysterious figure on ride monitors. This doesn't make me all that more comforted, the idea of going to Disney again. Just I know there's alligators eating kids. People falling, dying constantly. It's the happiest place on earth unless you're just that one person that day. Yeah. Sadly. It happens. It's an amusement park like everywhere else. There was a woman 
uh, I think she was a 16 year old girl at a Disney park and her phone went off, her iPhone went off and it alerted her that uh, someone else's air tag was traveling with them for a while. And so, so some, someone was tracking her? Someone had dropped an air tag in their belongings and the family panicked and left and emptied out all their belongings in the parking lot and then got in their car and left and they had left it behind. Whatever, where it was stuck on was mm-hmm. still in the parking lot. But since they didn't take it with them, the cops couldn't track and see who was doing it. Oh, that's suspicious. And I suspect if they had walked to a Disney employee Mm -hmm. and explained what was going on, Disney would have handled that Mm -hmm. well. The conspiracy theories around it, I say they definitely would have took that very seriously. Yes, they they got in their car and left. And I said, I don't think you could have found a safer place. No. Disney will not let something. If they see something they can prevent, I bet they will prevent it. Yeah. Who has the nerve to do that? Because your iPhone will let you know. A lot of people don't know that it will track or tell someone. And not even your Android phone will alert you if one's traveling with you. Oh, well, that's good. You can get an app that lets it find it. Apple itself produces the app that you can get on Android. Oh, good. Safety first. And now with newer updates, you can just tap your Android phone against an AirPod and it will tell you the basic information. So Cool. Yeah. This one of the few times Google and Apple work together to get something good done. Good. Because they believe the tracking devices are useful. Well, like I said, there's so many stories that you hear about Mm -hmm. this trafficking and that's how they do it. Well, one of the ways they do it. So, So, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Well, it's harder to do it now. You can be alerted if one's traveling with you. for Not immediately. You know, somebody could be on the same bus as you and it wouldn't go off. But it takes an hour or so or more because they don't want it to go off. Yeah. You know. Every time somebody's just near you. Yeah. The ride that you would think would be haunted, the Haunted Mansion. A ghostly boy is seen at the Haunted Mansion ride. Believed. There was one sitting on our, my mama's lap. Uh, I, went, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was an actual ghost. I seen it in the mirror thing in front of us. Yeah. <laughs> it's believed that the boy's mother brought his ashes and left them at the ride. My mother has asked us to drop her ashes about like that. Not at a ride. Where? Just at the cemetery. She said, just secretly drop me off there sometime. And I said, Mama, you know, that's illegal. I might drive by and take a teaspoon of you every time every and just time fling, just fling you out the window. The window. <laughs> because I, the wind catches you. She'll blow down to the propane <laughs> shop next door. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. He can be seen crying near the exit and likes to play in and around and on the ride attraction. They could not find a way to explain this person being here, this ghost. So they had a lot of people they've caught bringing ashes of their loved ones into the park, and they've had to try to put a stop to it. I mean, yeah, you don't want people getting choked up on ashes the whole time they're there. But I guess some people are still able to do it secretly. Uh, If you get a season pass or whatever they call it, and you come in with like a little bit stuck to the bottom of your shoe every time or something, (laughs) or in your sock, have to check those bags extra good. (laughs) What is this dust? (laughs) Well, it's not cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) On Space Mountain, there is a spirit that they call Mr. One-Way. He is a man with red hair and a red face, and he's often in line with guests. Red-faced? Like he's in drunk? That's what it said, red face and red hair. Okay. Yeah. He seems like a regular visitor, which makes me wonder, is there just a red-headed man? With possibly a red face because it's hot there and he's sunburned and people are just saying, well, there he is, Mr. One Way. And it's just a regular guest. Perhaps he's just an alcoholic. (laughs) It said he'll get on the ride, but when the ride ends, he's no longer there. He's probably not just an alcoholic. Probably not. No. 
special powers if he is. I cast Blink as a spell in D&D where you just disappear in one spot and reappear in another spot a distance away, like 30, 60 feet. I can't recall. Sounds useful. Oh, it is very useful, especially if somebody's grappling you. Yep. We're moving on to Six Flags. Oh, the old man dancing there. on the bus. Oh, oh yeah. Da, 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 da. I used to love those commercials in the morning. <laughs> there are many Six Flags. So it's kind of like the Disney one. I hope I get the correct ones for each of these incidents. Uh-huh. Six Flags Over Texas, located in Arlington, Texas, opened in 1961. I want to say 1961. The Rod L. Sombrero on August 8, 1968, an 18-year-old park employee fell into the machinery while trying to help riders off. He had injuries to his face and head, which caused his death. It's one of those nonstop moving ones, and it? it just keeps on moving, yeah. and you just, I hate those. I understand they're important for the line expediency and all that, but... Yeah, not safe. No. Roaring Rapids in March 21st, 1999, a 28-year-old woman drowned, and 10 others were injured because the air chambers keeping the raft afloat deflated. The raft caught on an underwater pipe and flipped over, no. and she was partially Jet. under the water, I want to say. Oh, no. On the New Texas Giant on July 19, 2013, a 52-year-old mother was thrown from the roller coaster. She fell about 75 feet to her death, which I read was about the height of a seven-story building, but I really don't know because I'm not good with measurements. How did that happen? She hit a metal support beam on the way down, and witnesses say she was afraid she was not properly secured on the ride before it started, which she was not. Well, that's obvious now. Yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty. What's that going to do for the 52-year-old woman? Nothing. Or her children that watched her get flung. I'd bet there was a lot of money involved. Mm. If you look these up, a lot of them will have one of the first web pages is a lawyer firm or reports of these. And at the end, it says, if you feel like you've been injured, call da-da-da-da-da for compensation. Yeah. So I've got some, quite a few of these from those. I could only find one ghost for this one. Her name is Annie. It's believed to be the spirit of a young girl thought to have passed away in the early 1900s. She's usually friendly, mischievous. She flickers lights on and off in a yellow house near the Texas Giant Roller Coaster's entrance. Could Annie have flung a woman off of a roller coaster with her mischievous behavior? No. Oh my, I'm not secured was... properly. What could have done this? I believe it was because they... Probably just didn't check to make sure she was secure properly. Well, they should have blamed Amy. Yeah. I don't think the lawyers care about Annie. I guess not. <laughs> she also appears sometimes in the mine train attraction. You act like I should know what that is. But I, I guess it describes itself, doesn't it? It's a train. In a mine. In a mine. It's dark from what I understand as well, because it's a mine. Well, she has to appear somewhere or she's bioluminescent. Annie is bioluminescent. The radiation girls. Yeah. Oh, no, there's poor girls. Yeah. I need to do an episode about them, too. Yeah. Later. Six Flags Great Adventures, located in New Jersey, opened in 1974, became the second largest theme park in 2012. What was the first? I don't know. One of the Disneys, mm -hmm. if not both. May 11th, 1984, in the Haunted Castle. This haunted castle was made of aluminum trailers that were connected to... Form one big thing. You mean aluminium? Aluminium. It's believed that 
A visitor in the haunted castle used a lighter to see his surroundings, which caught a foam padding that was on the wall on fire, and the fire spread quickly throughout the structure because it was made of wood, plywood, and the foam padding on the inside, and they also had lots of fabric and paper used for decorations. It's a paper mache building. Mm. And trailers burn quickly as well, in general. About 30 people were inside at the time, and later they found eight teens that were burned to the point they were unrecognizable. Seven more people were injured. The teens that were found were from ages 15 to 19. That's awful young. Yes. All of them died from carbon monoxide poisoning and smoke inhalation. So I feel like they say that. Thankfully, they did not hopefully feel that. I, I feel like that. They say that a lot, and I always wonder, do they, are they just saying this to make people feel more at ease, that the fact they didn't burn alive? I hope it's true. I hope it's true, but it's one of those things you just think, oh, no. Yeah. And another sad part about this is seven of the eight victims were found in a corridor near the exit, so they were not far from getting out. That is sad. Yeah. Because this was only supposed to be a temporary attraction, even though it had been there for five years. It was not required to follow building codes, like normal building codes. Therefore, it didn't have smoke alarms or a sprinkler system. I wonder how many newcomers just thought the fire was part of it at first. Some of them did. That's a problem. Yes. And you'll never know what the other ones thought that died, will you? I mean. But I read that some of them did think it was part of it. And also, when the lawsuits started coming in, these people, from what I understand, didn't win because at the time they didn't have to put in these smoke alarms and these sprinklers. The cut, like I said, the building codes didn't matter because it was supposed to be a temporary attraction, even though it had been there for five years. So I feel like that should have played in, but I guess not. Um, Texas. Then they decided to change up those laws a bit to make it where they had to put in sprinkler systems and smoke alarms and probably a few other things, even for temporary attractions. Well, the situation that had to happen for it to go down isn't good, but it's good they changed it. We need to do a cruise episode. Oh, we do. I need to write that down. You'll have to text me to remind me, though. Anyway, we're going on to Rolling Thunder Roller Coaster. On August 16th, 1981, during a test ride, a 20-year-old park employee was thrown off of the roller coaster. He decided to climb out of his lap bar and was holding on, just holding on to this, until the train hit a high speed of about 35 miles per hour, causing him to fly off. It's said by employees that on this date every year, the roller coaster will break down or have some kind of problems throughout the day. This sounds like it was a dare went wrong. Yeah, wanted to be a daredevil. Well, a daredevil or just a dare. Somebody's like, I bet you can't do this. Hold my beer. That might have been involved too. <laughs> 81 and 20 years old, probably. Uh, we'll get into a more alcohol park here in just a second, actually. Until then, let's go to the Scott Ride. On August 16th, 1977, a mechanic was killed while trying to repair a mechanism on the Scott Ride. The defective part suddenly began revolving. And he lost his footing and was caught in the drive wheel. He survived the initial incident, but later died due to the injuries. A lot of this is just like Industrial Revolution era accidents. Mm -hmm. Lightning loops. On June 17, 1987, a 19-year-old fell to her death from the lightning loops ride. The coaster was launched before park employees checked the passengers to make sure she was securely restrained. She wasn't. Clearly. No, she was not. Now we're going into Action Park. I never heard of this. I did not either until I started researching this. And people pretty much called it the Accident Park. 
Where was it? And it was full of daredevils and drinking. It is located, or was, it's closed now, located in Vernon, New Jersey. It's mostly a water park. It was owned by Gene Mulvihill. It opened in 1978. It served alcohol and was mostly run by teenagers. Some of them being 14 years old, even though I believe there was supposed to be a law saying that to operate some of these rides, they had to be at least 16. At least 16. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they've turned this into a movie. I think Scott could tell you the name of this movie because it's a comedy. Yeah, it sounds hilarious. It sounds hilariously dangerous. That's why I put it in here. There's no ghosts from what I understand, but there's many injuries. Oh, dear. It's also was considered a no rules park. And even the few rules that they had, it was ran by teenagers, probably teenagers that were drinking, even though they weren't supposed to. So they didn't really call out the people that were breaking some of these few rules that they had. And it was why many of the people went to the park in the first place. It was like their freedom, no rules, no, most of it was teenagers, no parents to tell you what to do. You can imagine the fights that broke out here, let alone the actual Quite accidents. Quite a few from what the documentary said. Quite a few. But most dangerous theme park is pretty much what it was considered. It was divided into three sections. The Alpine Center, which contained the Alpine Slide, a water world which had water slides and water rides, and then Motor World, which had go-karts and motorboats. Okay. They all just sound like death traps. Mm-hmm. There was also a highway that ran through the middle of the park, splitting it into. There's a thousand ways to die here. Yeah. There are a total of six people known to have died in Action Park, but there were so many more injuries. Cannonball Loop was the one that I found the most, slide, water slide. It was open in 1985. And I want to say it was a 10-foot drop before they reached this loop in this tube water slide. So you just fell straight down. Was it even on a slide? No, not straight down. It was okay. a loop in a tube water slide. Like oh, a roller coaster. You mean like a loop that goes up and around? Yes. Oh, I see. Yes. The idea for this ride actually came from the owner drawing a circle loop on a napkin. And then they began construction. <laughs> Without consulting anyone with an engineering degree. I can just see it being like going through a dryer or a washing machine. A former Navy physician said that the riders were experiencing as much as nine G's of acceleration of force of gravity, I believe. I didn't know what that was. It should be nine times the weight of gravity. Pilots of a military fighter jet may get as high as nine G's while on a steep turn. So I don't know if that one's true. That sounds like an awful lot. Yeah. To be going on a slide. Yeah. I'm pretty sure anybody would just come out of that like paste. Yeah. So I don't know if that (laughs) one's true. Take that one with a grain of salt. Dummies were first sent down the slide to test it before it opened. These dummies came out of the other end, missing limbs and some decapitated. Oh no. Did they keep it going? The owner offered to pay the teen employees that were willing to test it $100 a piece. I bet they hopped on. Some of them did, some of them didn't. One that accepted the offer said that $100 did not buy enough booze to draw out the memory. It was rough. And $100 back then, I want to say, would be like $272. Yeah, it's, it's a, that's a lot of Something money. Something like that now. For a teenager to have. Or before, back then. <laughs> and you know, they weren't buying no booze. They worked in a park that served it. 
<laughs> they ran the park pretty much from what I understand that served it. I also read that some of these teens were the ones that came up with the ideas for some of the rides or attractions. New rides. I'm, I know this is a movie now. I have seen parts of this movie, you know, Scott. Mm -hmm. I've seen that documentary that I mentioned before, but I haven't seen a movie. It probably makes a very good movie. They would first spray people with a water hose, I guess, to get them wet enough to make the speed to go around that loop. Mm -hmm. Some people got stuck in the loop and had to be removed through this trap door that they put on it for that reason. After they realized the first mannequin or two got stuck. You know, <laughs> People would bust their mouths and their faces in the slide tunnel and come out of the other end bloodied and sometimes even facing the opposite direction that they went in. So they added padding to try to prevent people from losing their teeth. Oh, no. Which did not work as well as they thought it would. Something to bump into and get caught on as you twisted and twirled and flipped and bounced. As I said, it caused another problem. After they added the padding... People started coming out with lacerations on their bodies. Oh, no. You want to know what it's from? Yeah. The padding would cut them with the bolts from the padding? After the trap door was opened to find out why people were coming out with these lacerations. Not that we care too much about people busting their faces open and being disoriented after riding this ride. We're worried about the lacerations, apparently. They realized people were still losing their teeth in the slide and they were getting stuck in the padding. And that's what was causing these lacerations on other people. Oh, the infections alone. And I was like, that is so sanitary. This that is the most sanitary of all water park attractions. <laughs> this is the shoot you go down to get to hell. <laughs> <laughs> the um, cannonball loop was closed only about after a month of it being open to the public. But they opened it again for a couple of summers later on. I would have, and then it was closed again. To, now, knowing what I know now about it, before the padding was put in, I would have put on some really comfortable face mask kind of protection. You got to put a full I, face helmet, yeah, a motorcycle I'd, helmet. On I'd be more people. worried about the collisions causing the helmet to make my head turn and snap my neck. So I would have to put I'm something surprised. soft, like pillows. I'd cover myself in pillows. Really greased up pillows just to go down this and see what Covered that was. vegetable oil. I hear about it and I know it's horrible, but I would, I would still like to say I went down that and survived and with no lacerations. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to bother going down that at all. The ride was actually still on the park even when it was closed for a while. And I couldn't find any deaths, probably because it was closed not long after it was open, but I don't know. I feel like this definitely should have caused. I bet you just, when you were doing the research for this, you said, oh, I have struck gold. I, I laughed my ass off. That documentary is great. And also... Did someone try to buy the park? Someone, I believe a former employee actually bought it. And I want to say that, I don't know if he has or not, but I want to say he was trying to make a more safe version of this park. I'd say he, half his teeth are stuck in some pad somewhere in the bins. They dismantled the slide shortly. I don't know if it was after or before the park was closed. I want to say before. They also had an attraction called the Man in the Ball in the Ball. This one was never open to the public. The test run did not go so well. The track was made of PVC pipe, and there was a large ball with a smaller ball inside, which is where the person would be. They decided to do the test ride on a hot day, which made the PVC pipe vulnerable causing it to break when he went down it. And when it broke, he went down the ski slope 
across the highway and into a swamp. But he was inside of what he kind was of, inside of a ball that was inside of a bigger ball. What is this ball made of? Like an inflatable ball, or a, you can find pictures of it. It wasn't inflatable. I, I think so it it's was a metal. solid, a solid thing. It was a solid. Thing, now yeah. landing up in a swamp in a solid metal frame <laughs> is probably not where you want to be. No, at least he landed though. At least he didn't get hit by a car while rolling across the highway. I mean, in a metal frame, it might not have been as bad as it sounds. The swamp sounds more dangerous. <laughs> You're sinking in this metal frame while in a swamp. I'm thinking of the Jurassic World rod. Yeah. Yeah, that happened. Sounds like that kind of situation, just maybe without the dinosaurs. Or the fact it's just a metal frame and water can't just float in. There was also one, I want to say it was called the speed slide. It had a bar to hold onto where you lowered yourself vertical until you dropped and then you free fall for a few seconds. Then your body finally makes contact with the slide. Painful. People said the water would shoot up their buttholes. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that people would come off walking funny when they reached the end, both men and women. Tops would fly off. Bottoms would be pulled up. They should have called it the enematic. <laughs> Get it? No. Enema. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there was also the Tarzan swing. And as far as I know, it was like swinging off of this big cliff. And I want to say this is the one where you were supposed to be able to relax at this little pool area at the bottom, but you couldn't relax because people would swing off on top of you. Okay. Giving the drinking, some people would flash or take their clothes off before swinging. Uh, swinging itself, once you hit the bottom, tops would fly off as well on this one. And it was also a little pond pool area that a natural spring flowed into so the water was really cold and people would go into shock and forget how to swim once they hit the water there was only six deaths i don't know how there was only six deaths in this park mm. lucky people oh, well some of them aren't were not lucky but no the colorado river ride it was supposed to begin as a lazy river but the owner wanted it to be more realistic and adventurous i guess so he made it rough Rafts would hit each other, get stuck, flip over, and there were very few, if any, lifeguards found in the lifeguard chairs because the owner insisted that on a real river, there's no lifeguards. That doesn't sound that safe at all, but uh, did you hear about that lifeguard that got fired for going slightly out of his boundaries on a private beach to save someone? For insurance reasons, he wasn't allowed to leave, but even when somebody was drowning just in sight, he went to save him. So it's better for this person to... Because. That's the insurance not wanting to pay. That's what that is. Well, uh, so he got fired. A lot of other lifeguards are really upset about it, but the organization... He, yeah, they, I would be going on strike if I was the others, because he saved a life. Calm well, down. Well, the, the <laughs> company he worked for that sends out lifeguards says it's, it's not really us, it's the insurance. They won't let us do it, so... They had to fire him in so, all technicality. Oh, no, no, no. That, I feel like that probably wouldn't work out considering insurance companies are, uh, I don't much care for most of those. Some of them are shady. A lot of them are. And, uh, but I feel like that should be a lawsuit. Well, they apparently a lot of them went on strike. I bet the family of the person that they saved and the person that they saved are Extremely happy that their loved one or that they are alive. Yep. But right. no, let's worry about the money. <laughs> yep. I do believe it was a private beach. They had to get like lifeguards from a company. I don't know how lifeguarding works. Like on a public beach, I think it's not 
I think it's a like a public worker. I don't know. The former employees also said everything in the kitchen pretty much was stale. They would steam the hot dog buns to make them soft again. So if the rides don't get you, the food poisoning will. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe you need the extra penicillin from the moldy buns to get the tooth bacteria out of you. They also, in their, uh, they surprisingly had this first aid shack. Everybody needs a first aid shack. Yes, it was a first aid shack. And they had what they said was a mixture of alcohol and iodine that they would spray on these people that had these injuries. And that if you had many people were walking around with these orange spots all over them. Because everybody was getting injured. Yeah. Can you, oh, that looks like someone's bit your arm. No, this is Jimmy's tooth. This is Kelly's There's tooth. There's actually, you have to watch the documentary. There's a funny part that would go good with that comment. What's it called again? It is called Class Action Park. Class Action because there were so many. Class Action lawsuits. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They also had wild employee parties. The employees would save the money they found in the pools and on the rides to pay for these crazy parties at the park after hours. They would get drunk and sleep at the park and then immediately get up the next day and go straight to work. Oh, my. <laughs> so this... these hungover teens that are pretty much controlling this park, completely running this park, have hangovers. Have they even got a count for how many injuries there were? You can look into it. There were way too many newspaper articles and lawsuits, which I actually seen that um, the owner would not settle during a lawsuit. He would make them go all the way through it. He would make it hell for them. A lot of them would run out of money before it got far enough, I'm Probably. Because mm -hmm. he not only was a wealthy person himself, he had someone, I want to say, in like Wall Street that he managed to get help from as well, mm -hmm. which is more about in the documentary, but I didn't write that part down. Speaking of this interesting owner, people using the lift sometimes wouldn't have tickets. They would go on without tickets, and he did not like that. So his idea was to get a cattle prod and have someone waiting along the lift to ask people to see their tickets. And if they didn't have a ticket, they would then take the cattle prod and shock the person until they were knocked out. And then they would have someone come and pull this person out of the park while they were still unconscious, which made some onlookers sometimes believe that these people were dead. I mean, they might have been. Who knows? It's, who knows? <laughs> you get them out Sounds of the park. Sounds like a shady character. So who knows if it's really only six people that died at this park? Some of them might have actually taken a small payout or something. Maybe. Yeah. He also created his own fake insurance because what real insurance company is going to take on a park that is known as the Accident Park? None. None. So he created his own fake insurance. I want to say was eventually found out about that and charged for it, and as well as money laundering. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Going on to Motor World, where the go-karts and speedboats and the things like that were. The go-karts, at first, they didn't have any way of keeping the speed limit, a safe speed limit. Eventually, they did put that in, but the employees found a way around it and fixed it to where they could go as fast as possible. Why? These employees would take the go-karts onto the highway at night as well. I mean, they were teenagers. Yeah. Teenagers with no adults. You just show up from work in a go-kart. It sounds like a great place to work, to be honest, as a teenager. I mean, imagine really the bonuses. Does. Every time a new ride opens, here we go. Wee. <laughs> Here's <laughs> your hundo. Yeah. Test this for me. 
No insurance, of course, but still. <laughs> the speedboats where they were located had polluted water from the fuel and snakes, and it was just murky, unsafe water. But you know, I bet nobody got eaten by a crocodile or an alligator. Not that I could find, but I did see that some people would get their boats to jump over docks, and one actually ended up on top of another boat with a person in it. Surprisingly, both people were fine. The person that jumped the boat onto the other boat, from what I understand, simply got out of the boat and just walked away like he did nothing. I bet he got cattle prodded later. <laughs> probably not. It's probably only if it's you don't have a ticket for the scholar. It was probably the owner. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Nobody ever complained about it. That's because I zapped him unconscious before I hopped out. <laughs> the battle action tanks, because they had these, it looked like it could have been really fun. They were these motor little tanks, and you shot tennis balls at each other. I can hear it now. Boom, boom, ah. <laughs> One particular guest found a gas can and decided to catch his tennis balls on fire and shoot them out of their tanks. That's the alcohol. Yeah. People getting drunk. And Minus the fire part. It really did look like fun. That one did. Uh, then again, you don't often see a ride with tanks where you go around shooting tennis balls at people. We used to go around with our friends in school and launch bottle rockets at each other. Yeah. The whole family would be in on it. Yeah. And guests. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I still Not have a safe, but we had a lot of fun. I have a scar over my right eye because of that. Mm. But you had fun. I did. I didn't go blind. Don't do this. This is very dangerous. Yes, don't do that. And you could catch something on fire. We did. Exactly why I said it, but I wasn't going to mention that part. We but had, sure, um, don't do that. <laughs> we put it out before it got anywhere, but we, we almost caught the hillside on fire. Yeah. So. so so we don't suggest doing that. We were stupid. We had fun. Yes. We were stupid. We do not suggest doing it. Nope. Don't do that. I would never do that now. We got old. <laughs> the Alpine slide apparently caused a lot of injuries as well. The track was made of concrete, fiberglass, and asbestos. Oh, you scrape your knee and you're going to feel that in a, a good lot of 15 years. Yeah. Rocks were also all around the track. Great. Just to get more of it in there. Yeah. I don't know if Pigeon Forge or Gatlinburg. I'm not sure which one. You know Ober? Ober Gatlinburg. Ober, yeah. Did you ever see their version of this? I've never been to Obergatlinburg. Oh, well, they have a version of this. And I want to say they're called sleds. It's pretty much like a sled with wheels. And you control the speed. If you push the stick forward, it goes faster. If you pull it back, the it's, brakes are supposed to be turned it's on. It's kind of like the ones where you have two little handles you yeah. can pull. Yeah. Yeah. I rode that one. And I got on one of the sleds that the brakes did not work. They have those? Mm-hmm. They don't care? Mm -mm. That's Tennessee for you. Yeah. But it was really fun. And I feel like it was a much safer version of this. I used to But ride. like I said, my brakes did not work on one of them. So I went flying down. And when it came to a curve, I was not able to slow down. Did you fly off? I did not fly off, luckily. I did not fly off, but still. Ah. Uh -huh. Yeah. No, need to check those brakes. When I was too young to drive, when we were riding the um, Pigeon Forge uh, go-karts, one of those little things, mm -hmm. my mama's. I can't remember if it was her boss or her husband. It's probably both at the time. Uh, in front of us, I, I didn't hit the brakes at the end of the track. I hit the gas. Oh. And I just I just hit him so hard in the back. He deserved it. He, he looked back at me like I tried to kill him. And the guy. I actually had somebody do that to me while I was on a go-kart. And I can understand why he did that. Because I don't know if I got whiplash or what. But when this person hit me from behind, when I was stopped. At the part where you're supposed to stop, he hit me full speed. 
and I saw white. Nothing but white. That's the fury of someone tailgating you. (laughs) (laughs) No, like I I could, they had to help me out of the go-kart because all I seen was white. I could, I was so disoriented. I don't know if that's whiplash or if that was a concussion. That's called class action, Uh, Beth. (laughs) (laughs) But apparently that wasn't the first time this person had done that because the person that was over the go-kart at the time said, we've already told you and kicked him out. Well, I didn't mean to do it, but it was a catastrophic accident. Yeah. But as I said, some of these sleds would go flying off the track during a turn because of the lack of brakes or simply people didn't want to hit the brakes. And they would also just flip over. (laughs) I'd love to see. Uh, Oh, no. Yeah. Which caused people to either hit the track and scrape themselves up. Asbestos for everybody. Pretty much have road rash. Yes, and it's asbestos that's getting shoved into those wounds. Oh, man. Or you could hit the rocks that were off to the side of the track. You know, I hear that unless you breathe it in, it's a lot less dangerous. Yeah, you hear more about the breathing, so I don't know if it would bother you that much. if it. But you got to know that it comes up as a dust when you're driving over it so much. Rocks grinding against it and everything else. Well, on the bright side, in that documentary, a few of the employees were still alive. They worked in the water park. (laughs) Action Park actually had to purchase a few of their own ambulances because they kept the, I guess, city or state's ambulances so busy that they told them, you have to buy your own. We'll take care of it. Don't worry. (laughs) They'll be treated with the best alcohol and... (laughs) alcohol and uh, iodine iodine sprays we got (laughs) apparently that hurt so bad they had a circle in this little first aid shack and if you were able to stay in the circle from the pain of getting the spray on your wounds that you got a prize but only two people managed to do it and all they could come up with was a park pin click click you write with a pin i'll be writing straight (laughs) to my lawyer (laughs) there was also the kayak experience which was an attraction, an underwater fan to help the kayaks move along. There was a short in it, and it electrocuted someone and killed them. Oh, we've got to a death. Yeah, we finally got to a death. I didn't add all of these deaths. I didn't go through because I felt like it It spoke for itself. Yeah, the park speaks for itself. The wave pool, which was called the grave pool, at least one or two men drowned, and one of them was not found for a while because the bottom of the pool was so murky. So they didn't know there was a dead body bobbing around at the bottom of this wave pool. Yeah. From what I understand, they had to... Drain the pool. No, no, no. Why would you do that? That's um, a perfectly good water. <laughs> from what, what I understand, they had to call people out every so often just to make sure that there weren't bodies at the bottom. They didn't let them know that's what they were doing. But... It was dirty at the bottom because of a wash-off from nearby. The blood and gore from the wounds people had received from the other attractions and human waste. You know, I don't get in water rides or public pools anymore. Chlorine can only do so much. I trust the open Atlantic. Yeah. I don't care what fish are in there. I trust the river, the Atlantic, the lake. I don't trust the river as much, but (laughs) I do. Well, there are signs saying they're... Don't eat the fish. There could be mercury in it. Not ja- not just that, but I know how many cows live along the riverbanks around yeah. here. And that causes its own kind of runoff. I don't want to get in my body. Yeah. The ocean and the lake, I'm okay with. Even though our lake did have an outbreak of... Um, staff. Staff, yes. After the rainbow people. 
Yeah. It was a group of, uh, I don't know what, what. It was pretty much a bunch of hippies, a community of hippies that travel around. And I looked more into it. And it kind of looks like a cult. But I spent about a week camping with them when they came. And it was really fun. Probably dangerous now that I think about it because I was a teenager. But they clearly had staff. But there were so many of them. And obviously, they go around camping everywhere. They couldn't properly bathe. So, yeah. <clears throat> they caused our entire lake to get staff. Because they also had people coming to test the water while they were there. And that's how we found out because I happened to be at the lake when they tested it one time. When I said that we had a, a group call, calling itself Rainbow, I didn't want people to think. I was like, oh, those dirty gay people oh, gave us not, staff. Well, <laughs> it was a community of all kinds. And they, have diff they had different camps for many different kinds of the people. But it was one big community. Yeah, I was. was it was really cool. I'm not trying to blame the gays for bringing a staff. Oh, I'm blaming no. <laughs> I'm blaming a, a group of hippies that travel around oh. that have a mixed match of members of all sorts. Yeah. Uh, one of the safe, unsafe, not safe, definitely not safe. They had a camp that was just for kids. Like some of the older kids would be taking care of the younger kids. And you would see these children, these babies just crawling around all over the woods. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. that is not safe, especially when there is this rape camp nearby for people that like, I guess it rough. I didn't go to that camp, so I don't know. I stayed away from it. But still, not a good idea. Putting the children into the woods. Yeah, oh, my not goodness. Not a good idea. See, I never realized how bad it was. All I ever heard about was the staff and the naked people. Yeah. It was fun, but not a good idea. I, I, just, I just didn't get near it. Yeah. I did. I heard. I heard all kinds of stories, and that sounds like a nightmare to me. <laughs> Live the way you want to. I came home at least every other day. I tried to do it every day for my shower. I can't imagine. Because I have to have my shower. It sounds like a traveling nightmarish Woodstock. Yes. And that's what they wanted. That's, to, it that's probably exactly started what off, it was. They probably started <laughs> off as a Woodstock kind of thing without all the music. They didn't care about money either. You traded for things. They had their own little market for useful items that you could trade or you could work and they would feed you. It, it was no money involved. They didn't care about it. I'm not even going to, I can't get into it no more. Let's continue with the parks because this, okay. this could do its own episode. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> on July 8th, 1980, there was a death on the Alpine slide. George Larson was on the Alpine slide and it was believed that his brakes didn't work on his sled. Sound familiar? Yeah. He flew off of the track and his head landed on some of the nearby rocks, causing major injuries and leading him to be in a coma. And he later died on July 16th, 1980. So he just lasted a few days. And it's said that he is the first person to lose his life at the park, which I don't know about that because it sounds dangerous. The park closed in 1996 due to so many lawsuits and the bad reputation it was receiving. More people stopped visiting, which caused financial troubles, and it closed. So surprising. And as we said earlier, I believe that one of the former employees bought it and i don't know if he has or not but was planning on creating a safer park there i mean he's had since 96 so yeah this one i didn't get into too much detail it's icon park it's pretty much just another noteworthy amusement park tragedy it's located in orlando and the accident happened on march 24th 2022 that's recent yeah 
a 14 year old, I want to say you say his name, Tyree Sampson, died after falling from the free fall drop tower. Uh, it's about 430 foot tower and it falls at about 75 miles per hour. His restraints were not safely and properly locked in, even though the screen, I guess they have like a computer screen that shows if they are not. The screen showed that it was, but it was not. He also exceeded the weight limit, but as from what I can understand, they didn't have a sign showing the weight limit, so I guess nobody really knew what it was. And I want to say after this happened, they made a law or something to make sure that the sign for a weight limit and height and all that stuff was put up. Was this a child's ride or? He was 14 years old. It's, you know, when the fair comes to town and it has something like that, but not nearly he, as tall. But you said he exceeded the weight limit. He's 14 years old, Beth. Yeah. Well, it said he exceeded the weight limit. I don't know what the weight limit was, but that could have been a possibility. I think it was mostly because of the restraints not being properly. The ride has been closed since his death. And there is a video on YouTube showing the exact moment that this happened. I will not be adding a link or saying a link out of respect for his family. If you want to dig through it and find it, that's on you. But I read an article that said the father seen the video not long after the tragedy happened and it made his heart sink. Yeah, he's going to have he, he don't even have to remember. He could just yeah, YouTube it. You just look online and relive that moment. I can't imagine. You found that now. Like you have found it yourself. When I was researching these tragedies, oddly enough, it was one of the first things that popped up on Google. But when I went to look at it again, because I was so shocked that it was allowed to be put up there, I looked it up again and it was harder to find the second time. But the first time, it was one of the first ones. Someone needs to report this to YouTube if they haven't already. Well, it gives you a warning at the beginning, but still, I also have it down here that you need to think about the loved ones before you post something like that. If you're the grim kind of person who wants that stuff, keep it. You took it, keep it. Just yeah, <laughs> but you have to think about the loved ones. They should not have to relive that tragic moment of losing their loved ones to actually see it over and over again. So you should be a little respectful. Think about that before posting. Yeah. But I felt like that was a noteworthy one and it was sad. It is. 14 years old, too. Yeah, 14. And we apologize if she got that name wrong. I, I'm not good at names. So. One of the news videos that I watched about it, the news person said Tyree, so that's how I said it. But I'm sorry. I apologize if I got that pronunciation wrong. And that's all of the amusement park hauntings and tragedies I have for today. Beth, I've had a good laugh and a few sad moments. I will think twice before going to another park. I won't. I'm one of those people. I'm terrified of heights if it's just like a bungee cord or just a rope or something like that where I'm in control of it. I'm terrified. But when it comes to a machine, I guess you would say, I trust the machine a lot more than I trust myself. <laughs> You're all on board for the AI revolution. <laughs> You're just ready to go. I've saved a few pictures from some of these amusement parks on my Pinterest and some other amusement parks that I was looking into that weren't haunted, but they had an interesting history and the pictures were really fun to look at. If anyone is interested in looking at them, they are not my creations. They are on my saved boards and pins area. They're worth looking into. You can look up 
horrific history and hauntings or at horrific history hauntings on Pinterest to find them. The profile picture is the podcast picture and the cover picture is what looks like a spooky screaming woman with headphones and glowing red eyes. We also have a Twitter you can follow. It's at Gruesome Gaming G. And if you wish to contact me about any suggestions for possible future episodes or if I get information wrong and you want to respectfully let me know, I will try to correct it in a future episode. Or if you just have any questions or have your own stories that you would like to share. Also, you, let us know if you want us to share your name. If you do do that. Yes. Also, let us know. Uh, if you don't let me know, I'll do my best not to share your name just in case. But if you don't want us to share your name, it, it would be easier if you let us know ahead of time. The email is horrifichistory.hauntings at gmail.com. And I also have another side note. We do not mean to disrespect anyone in any of these topics that we talk about on this podcast. Ramey and I have dealt with a lot of our loved ones and those that cared for us as children passing away while we were at young ages and it's gone on throughout our lives after a while we learned that our lives will still go on after we have lost these people that we love and care for and we have learned to use dark humor as a way to deal with this grief everyone deals with loss and loved ones and grief in their own way and this is just how we've learned to deal with ours we all mourn differently so we do not mean to offend in any way and if we do we apologize yes everything she said She's better at words than I am. I have another podcast to do with a friend named Dakota. It's a podcast called Leveling Duo, and we just talk about the good times we had playing video games as children and up until now, all the video games that have impacted our life in one way or another. We discuss those. And I was a guest on it to talk about Sims. Yes, because we don't play Sims, me and Dakota. (laughs) I do. I love Sims. There's also a podcast that me and my sister do called Brother Knows Quest. It's where I try my best to explain different tabletop role-playing games to her without just listing off rules. It's not as easy as it sounds. You can find the link to all of our podcasts in the description below. Thank you for listening. I've been in Ramey. And I'm Beth. Bye-bye.